Let's take our Bibles tonight and go to 2 Samuel 18. <clears throat> a couple weeks ago, we looked at the fact that God hates rebellion, that rebellion never pays. And tonight, as we go in our Bibles to 2 Samuel chapter 18, we find the destruction and the end of a rebel who, who's at, by his actions, he shook his fist at God, so to speak, in that he was trying to unseat God's anointed. And because of Absalom's decision to not take heed to the advice of Ahithophel, there, there was going to be a quick demise to the kingdom of Absalom. Ahithophel had brought destruction to himself. When he, when he hung himself, he committed suicide. And now David is waiting for all of Israel to be gathered together. He has heard word that, is, that has come to him that everyone is going to be gathered together for a battle and they are going to come up and across the river and meet together in that land of, of Maenahem uh, for a battle. And Absalom would be leading them. Let's look, look with me to, uh, tonight at verse 1 of chapter 18. It says, And David numbered the people that were with him and set captains of thousands and captains of hundreds over them. And David sent forth a third part of the people under the hand of Joab, and a third part under the hand of Abishai, the son of Zeruiah, Joab's brother, and a third part under the hand of Ittai, the Gittite. I love that, because that is one of the men that, that said, I'm going to stick with you. I'm not going back. He was the man that, said, uh, that, that could have said, I don't, I don't have to pick a side in this battle. He stayed, and, and he became a great leader under David. Look at the rest of verse 2. It says, And the king said unto the people, I will surely go forth with you myself also. But the people answered, Thou shalt not go forth, for if we flee away, they will not care for us. Neither if half of us die will they care for us. But now thou art worth ten thousand of us. Therefore now it is better that thou succour us out of the city. And the king said unto them, what seemeth, what seemeth you best, I will do. And the king stood by the gate side, and all the people came out by hundreds and by thousands. And the king commanded Joab and Abishai and Atai, saying, Deal gently for my sake with the young man, even with Absalom. And all the people heard when the king gave all the captains charge concerning Absalom. David wanted to show mercy. After everything that had happened, David wanted to show mercy to Absalom. But God would take this opportunity to, to show all of Israel, including David, that pride and rebellion do not go unpunished. Here, God would be the ultimate victor and in every circumstance, even using the disobedience that we will see in the life of Joab to bring destruction to Absalom, we are going to see the sovereign hand of God. God is not obligated to show mercy to a rebellious heart. Rebellion will be utterly destroyed. We see that in, uh, not Psalms, but Proverbs chapter 29, verse 1, when it says, He that being often reproved hardeneth his neck shall suddenly be destroyed, and that without remedy. And tonight I want us to look at three reminders God gives about rebellion. God's, God's reminders for rebellious people. 
and and how that that these reminders in the midst of this narrative are are about a man who is not saved he's not a servant of god but these three things we're going to look at them later on and apply them to our lives as christians as well so let's pray tonight and then look to god's word father we come to you and and realize that throughout scripture you talk about a fool Lord, you talk about a rebellious person, and Lord, we as Christians tonight desire not to be any of those things. Where our, fr- our flesh and our pride get in the way many times of your working in our lives, and Lord, we, we want to come back to you tonight. We want to be refreshed by your word, and we want to listen to you. And so, God, would you take that, that open heart from each one here, or would you work in us, or help us to... to uh, come together in unity tonight and allow the light of your word to shine into us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. God had already, by Hushai's advice, meant to bring evil upon Absalom and bring his reign to an end. And, and as the men of Israel gathered under Absalom's banner, he ultimately charged them to pursue David. And they are coming in. Uh, the, pursue is, the pursuit is underway. And the people that had once hailed David as their king now were coming to kill him. And this, this whole narrative here, just, just the fact that these, these people that hailed David are now becoming his hunters, it, it reminds me of, of really brings to life the, the Psalms and how David was crying out to the Lord many times throughout the Psalms. It also brings to life the life of uh, light to the life of the Messiah and Jesus Christ, the one who was hailed as king of the Jews and then was hunted and hung on an old rugged cross for you and for me. David would not come to die in this way, but there would be a battle in which many would die. Look at verse 6 with me. It says, So the people went out in the field against Israel, and the battle was in the wood of Ephraim. I want you to get the picture here. They've, David said, I'm going to go and I'm going to lead you guys. I'm going I'm to lead you into battle. I'm not afraid. And they say, no, I want you to secure us. In other words, what they're saying is, send us out. You stay in the city. And that's what that word means there. And, and, and so David said, okay, I will do what you say. He stays in the gate side and all the other people go out to battle. And this battle takes place in the wood of Ephraim. And if you know anything about a wooded area and, and riding horses through a wooded area, that is not safe. You want to be out in an open field, away from, from danger. And this is what happens. The wood eats many of these people. Look at, at, the, at verse 7. It says, Where the people of Israel, that's the people that were under Absalom, were slain before the servants of David. And there was a great slaughter that day of 20,000 men. For the battle was scattered over the face of all the country, and the wood devoured more people that day than the sword devoured. And here in verses 7 and 8 lies the first reminder God gives to a rebellious person. There is a price. There will always be a price to pay for rebellion. Absalom could have obeyed Ahithophel, and Ahithophel wanted to take how many men? He wanted to take 12,000 men, and he said, I'm going to go kill one person, David, and I'm going to bring all these other men back to you to be your servants. That would have been the right plan, 
That would have been the way to go. Snuff out the leader and everyone else will follow you. But Absalom in his pride, God's sovereign hand, allowed Absalom to obey Hushai. And there was a price to be paid for that rebellion. And it cost 20,000 people their lives, including the life of Absalom. It was a heavy price to pay. Verse, verse 7 says that it was a great slaughter. And it was a price that did not just affect Absalom. God reminded every single man under David. Can you imagine being a man on David's side of that battle and seeing a man ride, riding towards you with sword in hand and all of a sudden God smites him? Every single time that's happening, God's people are reminded that there is a price to be paid for rebellion. And that, 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 that would come to these men's eyes, I believe, in the future again and again as they were reminded of this. Look now to verse 9. And Absalom met the servants of David. That means he came upon them. He, was, he, he, he saw them. And Absalom rode upon, his, upon a mule. And the mule went under the thick bows of a great oak. And his head caught hold of the oak. And he was taken up between heaven and the earth. And the mule that was under him went away. And a certain man saw it and told Joab and said, Behold, I saw Absalom hanged in an oak. Here, if you remember, uh, Absalom was very prideful. And one of the things that he was just prideful about was his countenance. Because every year, if you remember, he had to cut five pounds of hair off of his head. And here he sees the servants of David and he takes off. On his mule and he gets caught and here herein lies the second reminder I believe that God gives us in the middle of 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 this narrative you can try running but you can never hide from God you can never hide from the providence of God you can think that you are okay you can think that you can do your own thing and God will put his stamp of approval on it you can try running, but you will never be able to hide from God. As a believer, that's a good thing. And we're going to come back to that in just a moment. But Absalom wanted nothing to do with God or the people of God. He hated the king, his father. And while David was an imperfect father, Absalom could have humbled himself. He could have gotten right with the king. He could have, he could have come... Uh, to forgive and to love his father, but instead he, he did some horrible things uh, uh, to David, his father, and didn't see a way of reconciliation after that. This course that Absalom would choose led him to destruction. He could not hide from the providence of God. And his hanging by the pride of his five pounds of hair was God, God allowing the people of David to find him. And now in verse 11... Joab comes in, and he takes care of business. Verse 11, And Joab said unto the man that told him, And behold, thou sawest him, and why didst thou not smite him there to the ground? And I would have given thee ten shekels of silver and a girdle. And the man said unto Joab, thou, th Though I should receive ten thousand shekels of silver in mine hand, yet would I not put forth mine hand against the king's son. For in our hearing the king charged thee and Abishai and Atai, saying, Beware that, that none touch the young man Absalom. Otherwise I should have 
wrought falsehood against mine own life. For there is no matter hid from the king, and thou thyself wouldest have set thyself against me. Then said Joab, I may not tarry thus with thee. He said, get out of my way. I'm going to go take care of this. I'm not going to tarry here with you. And he took three darts in his hand and thrust them through the heart of Absalom while he was yet alive in the midst of the oak. And ten, men, uh, ten young men that bare Joab's armor compassed about and smote Absalom and slew him. And Joab blew the trumpet, and the people returned from pursuing after Israel, for Joab held back the people. And they took Absalom and cast him into a great pit in the wood and laid a very great heap of stones upon him. And all Israel fled, every one to his, own, uh, to his tent. I want you to catch this last verse here. Verse 18 of our, our passage here tonight. Now Absalom in his lifetime had taken and reared up for himself a pillar, which was in the king's dale. For he said, I have no son to keep my name in remembrance. And he called the pillar after his own name, and it is called unto this day Absalom's place. Absalom did have three sons and one daughter. We're told that. But here he was wanting more to remember his name. And during his lifetime, he reared a monument there in the Kingsdale, whether that was a valley or a, a place where, where kings would set up uh, things to be remembered by. But in his death, there was no remembrance. There was no monument. There was a heap of stones. And here, pride against God will ultimately be punished, not remembered. Pride against God will ultimately be punished, not remembered. No matter what it looks like today, the evil of the world, while it looks like it's prevailing, will not win. It will not win. You can be sure of it. In the end, there will be one victor, and that will be the Lamb upon His throne high and lifted up. There will not be uh, an evil one prevailing at the end of the day. And here Absalom had a heap of stones put over him, and he was forgotten, not remembered. He, there was no monument. There was only a pillar that he had left up, but there was no monument during his death. There was no moment of silence. There was no guard marching and, and, a, and a form or, or honor to be had in his death, only shame. And tonight, as we take this narrative and apply it to our own lives, I want us to think and consider the shame that is brought on the name of Christ when a Christian decides to not listen to the words of God and, and rebels against the king and takes steps away from listening to God's voice. God gives us a clear biblical example of a man that did this. And he wasn't just maybe an ordinary Christian that went to, to church, uh, maybe a church under the, the leadership of James or Peter. He was a prophet of God, and his name was Jonah. He, took, he, he clearly heard God's instruction to go to Nineveh, and he knew exactly what to do. But instead of obeying, he rebelled. And in just the first few verses of Jonah, we find that he boarded a ship going in the opposite direction of the way God told him. And there we find that he paid the fare thereof. 
there is always a cost to be paid. There is always a price to be paid for rebellion. And the price continued to be paid as Jonah found that he could not hide from the providence of God on that ship. No, no Christian who chooses to rebel against God or against God's voice will ever get away from a price being paid or from God knowing exactly where you are and in his mercy trying to draw you back. Ultimately, as a believer, God wanted to restore Jonah and not destroy him. And that's God's... I want us to realize very clearly here tonight what is truly the character of God. Because we might think that if God sees evil in this world or if God sees evil being done by government or if God sees evil being done by a person, that God's first response is to stamp them out. That's actually not God's first response. That's actually not his character. His first response is mercy. He wants to be merciful. He wants to show mercy. You say, how do you know that? How can you prove that biblically? Romans 5.8. But God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. When we were yet enemies of God, we did not know anything about his saving mercy. He was, his first instinct was mercy towards us. And God wants that for every single person. God wants to show his mercy. But to those that consistently oppose him, they cause God to be faithful to his character. And his character is, is righteous and faithful and just and holy. He's a judge that will always do right. And so because of that, God will stop being merciful many times and will judge. And that's why we see God wiping out entire people groups in the Old Testament. I've, I've heard many people saying, I could never get saved. I could never be a Christian. Why would God go uh, to great lengths and uh, wipe, wipe out entire people, people groups? Because God judges sin. Because God is a just judge. And is, he wants to be merciful, but people who oppose God and continue to oppose him, he has to, be, he has to be faithful to his character. He has to be faithful to who he is, and he is a holy, just judge. God in his mercy went to great lengths to draw back Jonah, though. A great fish. <laughs> he went to great lengths to, to draw him back. And God wants to do the same for us. This is his heart. His heart is mercy. He, he, he wants to, and I'm, I'm not saying that there's a, a bunch of rebels here tonight, but I, I do want to say, yeah, listen, listen, our hearts, uh, the Bible tells us that we don't even know the wickedness of our own hearts. And so we, if it were not for the grace of God, we wouldn't be sitting here tonight. We need, we need God to, to help us and really take heed to these reminders and fall on the mercy of our Savior here tonight. So as we go to prayer tonight, let's thank God for his mercy. Let's thank God for, for where he pulled us from. And then let's ask God, Lord, if, if there are some rebels here in Shano that you want us to find and, and, and show your mercy to, that's, where, that's, that's your first instinct to these people. 
you want to pull them from the precipice of hell. You want to pull them from, from, from the wrath that is to come. Absalom met the wrath of God, and, and today he's burning in hell, wishing that he hadn't. I don't want that from my neighbors. I don't want that for anyone here, but to those that will continue to oppose God, he, he promises destruction. Let's pray tonight that God would give us a heart that is in line with God's mercy.